In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. On the sixth day of Dead Ball, a snavely gave to me the northernmost soccer competition that you've ever seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going all the way north. We're going north, north, north. Man, that's Christmas as hell. I'm talking about North Pole-esque type of soccer. Oh, going to the tundra. Close to it. We're going to the nation of Greenland. Oh. Which isn't a really, which is kind of a nation. It is and it isn't. It's like a Puerto Rico situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. So if you're interested in hearing about soccer in Greenland, stick around because the 12 Days of Dead Ball is rolling on after this commercial break. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to day six of the 12 Days of Dead Paul, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast and sponsored by Bet Online and Indeed, and told by your favorite Snavely brothers, myself, Adam Whitaker Snavely, and as always, my real life brother, Drew Snavely. 
Adam. Who, who is who is very excited about a Manchester United victory, it oh. must be said. Oh my gosh. That occurred that was a little bit nervy. Yeah, dude. Talk about heart palpitations. Uh, but uh, you did overcome Sheffield United. Oof. Somehow, by Dean, the skin of our teeth. Dean Henderson did not cover himself in glory, but somehow oh was gosh. still the best goalkeeper on the field today because Aaron Ramsdale is not good. Gosh. Well, did you see the first goal that was scored? I did not. I because, heard it was bad. Yeah, it was not good by uh, old Dino, but. <laughs> old Dino. You know, it is what it is. Got the dub. We got the dub, and that's all that matters. <laughs> we, and we will be seeing David De Gea for the next game. I can say quite confidently. Uh, classic. <laughs> Dean Henderson. Wow, really not clevering himself in glory in his uh, return match against Sheffield. I know. Where he know. played so well last season. Yes. A very, very interesting. That's got to be like part of the. I don't. It's not really gamesmanship. It's just like, oh, you're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna perform against your old club. Or the club that you're on loan to. Kind of like what Theo Walcott did against Arsenal this weekend. He really did it. He uh, really did it to him. On Tuesday. Or was it on... Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Manchester United. No, no, Arsenal or Sheffield United. This is 12 days of dead ball, baby. This is 12 days of dead ball. And I kind of started to think to myself, for many people, when they think about Christmas, and I started thinking about Christmas, and... When many people think about Christmas, they start thinking about Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, that's not to say that everyone does it, and that's fine. Yeah. Christmas can mean whatever it it wants to mean for you, or you might not even celebrate Christmas at all. And that's also completely okay. Super cool. But I'm just pointing out a common cultural touchstone in many countries here. Legend usually has it that Santa Claus comes from the North Pole, or at least from a very, very northern country. Yes. So I asked myself... What's the northernmost soccer competition in the world? Okay. Now, I don't know if all these teams that are in this competition are the northernmost teams in the world because there are teams in Norway and in Russia and in Sweden that are also very far north. Yeah. But to my knowledge, there is only one soccer competition in the world that, depending on the year, takes place completely within the Arctic Circle. Oh, wow. And that's in Greenland. Oh, man. The Greenlandic Men's Football Championship. Or, for sponsorship purposes, the Coca-Cola GM. <laughs> Coca-Cola's in Greenland, too, baby. Shouts out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, this is a little bit different in terms of a dead ball story because this isn't really much of like a narrative of a story or like a specific game or season or something like that. This is more a history of... A very brief history of soccer in Greenland and how the game is played there because it's so radically different than basically everywhere else. Okay. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, the weather there is extreme. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's part of it. Yeah. Definitely. We'll get into all this. Greenland, as far as we can tell, was first settled by Inuit and other indigenous peoples as early as... 2500 BC. Okay. Quite some time ago. Yeah, it's a while. (laughs) Many of those people got there by traveling across ice shelves from northern Canada to what is presently known as Greenland. So, that space in the map that's, like, marked as water, Yeah. that was all frozen. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just walked there. It's like Land Bridge, you know? Yeah. That's that's kind of how it went. Uh, And Greenland is still considered the largest island in the world. Yeah. Which... 
it's I guess Australia isn't considered an island because oh. it's a continent. Oh, okay. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the consideration that they, they you give can make to the it. argument like, oh well, <laughs> North America is an island or yeah. something. Yeah, but good. those are those are basically. I think the argument is anything that is a continent is considered mainland. Gotcha. So Australia technically isn't an island. Gotcha. Because it is a mainland body. That's that's all. <laughs> um, after indigenous peoples settled and traveled there, it was then discovered by various European peoples. Yes. Basically everything else was as well. Yeah. Um, from Scandinavian Vikings. Uh, then there was a period of Norwegian control. And then they lost the country or the island due to the Black Plague. And they had other things to do. So they went back to Norway or died. Uh <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's a black plague, man. Man, those pandemics. It was like a third of Europe. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Or a third of the entire world population. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember. But uh, this story, topical. Yeah. <laughs> then after that, Portugal actually held it for a while, which I found very odd. Oh, random. Yep. Um, and then it was back to Norway, and actually Norway and Denmark held it jointly. For a while, huh. until Norway wasn't really like a big major player, and so eventually Denmark was just like, "We have all this. This is ours." <laughs> like, uh, Sorry, this is ours now, and uh, there's not really anything you can do about it. That's basically <laughs> what Denmark said. Those Danes. <laughs> Those Danes. Um, it's still technically considered a part of the Kingdom of Denmark. Quotation marks. Okay, I was wondering. Yeah, Greenland. Greenland is is a part of Denmark. Technically speaking, wow. Okay, it is. It is like a. It's like a territory. It's. It's like Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. Yeah. Technically, it's. Yeah. It's pretty much that because Greenland at this point has autonomous government. Uh, they are their own thing. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, but for geopolitical purposes, they still count as part of Denmark. Despite the fact that eighty percent of the country is ice. Yes. And the fact that there are precious few places in the country where grass can actually grow. Yes, it's not very green. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and you can only do things outside a couple months out of the year because, again, as we talked about before, weather. Well, also, it's so far north that, like, during the winter, it's just dark all the time. Yep, that's also true. Uh, light is an issue. Um, despite... All of those things. Soccer is overwhelmingly the most popular sport on the island. An outdoor sport. Overwhelmingly. It is estimated that up to 10% of the, of the island's population plays soccer. That's pretty big. That's huge. I wonder what the percentage is for like the U.S. Definitely not 10%. I feel like England's got to be pretty big, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, so... Just some some numbers and stuff on here. Uh, Twenty or no no no, the the Greenlandic football championship was founded in nineteen fifty four. Okay. Twenty two clubs entered the first edition of the competition, despite the fact that in present day, which I don't think, and I don't even know if they were this big in nineteen fifty four. I feel like they were probably smaller in nineteen fifty four. Present day. There are only 13 towns in Greenland that have a population of more than 1,000 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. 
roughly a third of Greenland's population lives in one city, Nuuk, N-U-U-K. Yes. On the southwestern coast of the island. Despite all of that, there are currently more than 50 soccer clubs in Greenland. Good lord. There's only five towns on the entire island that are bigger than Bath, New York. Let me let's put it into perspective. Well, a lot of people don't know what Bath, New York is. Bath, New York has about three thousand people that live in it. It is a tiny town in that, the village. In the village, in yes. the village, of Bath, New York. Yes. So there's only five towns, including Nuke, in Greenland that are bigger than the village of Bath, New York, where we grew up. Yeah. The tiny, tiny town. Oh yeah, I'm aware. There's How nothing there yeah. <laughs> except for there's McDonald's, a Taco Bell. There's uh, an Arby's. There is an Arby's. A Dunkin' got the Donuts. Dunkin'. Dunkin' is important. There's a Pizza Hut. Uh, there's a couple of local pizza places. Kmart went out of business. Kmart did go out of business. Bummer. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, there's, a, there's, there's some other things that are like local things, but that's basically The wooden it. nickel? <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a couple bars. <laughs> definitely a couple bars. <laughs> So, there's only five towns on the entire island that's bigger than our tiny, tiny hometown. And yet, they have over 50 clubs. And many of those towns sustain multiple soccer clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have to. That's insane! Yeah, no, no, no. That's crazy crazy to think about in the United States, a, a country full of comparatively huge cities where you have maybe one. Like we live right now, we are currently in a city that has a, like eighty to a hundred thousand people that uh-huh. live in it, and they are just now starting a soccer club for the first time here. Yes, this year. Very excited about it. <laughs> Lynchburg FC, shouts out. <laughs> We're about to be a Lynchburg FC ultras. <laughs> Ooh, maybe not. So at this point, I imagine you kind of get it. There's not a lot of people there, and yet there's a ton of soccer teams and people playing soccer, and that's great. Yeah. But the Greenlandic Championship means more than that. It's one of the strangest, most specific, and most difficult soccer competitions in the world. And the fact that it even exists, let alone has run for over half a century, is one of the purest expressions of love for the game. Oh, absolutely. That I can think of. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about this championship. Tell me about it. Because it is odd. Yes. Let's start with the weather. Because we've talked about the weather, but we have to get it out of the way. As you probably realize, the weather in Greenland sucks. Yes. As one Greenland coach told Bleacher Report, sometimes we have to wait 14 days after Easter to go outside to play. Oh my gosh. In North Greenland, they never go outside until the end of May. Good lord. So, (laughs) that's... Yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's what we're working with yeah. here. That means you've got maybe three or four months of outside time in the south of Greenland, where not even half of the soccer teams in Greenland are. Yes. <laughs> and maybe two or three months in North Greenland to play soccer. Uh, match this against any other soccer league in the world, where these competitions take place over the course of eight, nine, ten months. And you can see how big of an issue that is. Yes. The Coca-Cola GM has to fit a bunch of games into a little itty-bitty amount of time. The weather and also the volcanic formation of Greenland and a lot of its islands around it also make another vital vital part of soccer very, very difficult. Fields and grass and stuff. 
there's not flat land in Greenland naturally. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, flat land doesn't naturally happen there. Weird. Because it's all, like, volcanic, like, mountains and and basalt and all this stuff and then ice. Yeah. And there's not, like, <laughs> there's no ice. such thing. There's not really any, like, meadow in Greenland. Yeah. So, any place that they carve out for a field, they have to do it all themselves. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... There's not really much natural flatland in Greenland, and up until 2016, there wasn't even grass or turf fields in most places. Over the course of its history, the Greenlandic Football Championship has played the vast majority of its games on fields made from hard-packed watered-down sand. Gross. All field players wore full leggings and gloves, not because it was cold, but due to how rough the terrain was. Yeah. And players breaking bones because they slid or dove into rocks in the sand was not uncommon because there was so much rock in in the soil. That's so terrible. That's what they're all playing on. Yeah. For like legitimately fifty years. They were they were all doing this. And they were and they just kept doing it. Hey man, love for the game. Because that's that's what it was. Yeah. That's that's just the way it was, and yeah. they're like, well, if we're gonna play, that's this is how we're gonna play, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's insane. Um, since 2016, there has been a notable push to make more turf fields around. Obviously, you choose turf because it can actually be like maintained uh, and doesn't just completely die and become waterlogged or whatever in the winter time when yes. everything gets snowed out and then it melts and. It ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> if it's yeah. all grass. Um, so a couple more proper fields have popped up, most notably in the capital, Nuke, and on Disco Island, D-I-S-K-O. Okay. Uh, further Disco. north. Those are the two easiest to pronounce things in Greenland. I have one I have one name that I will make an attempt at. Okay. Because I feel like it's our brand to mispronounce things. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to our to our listenership if I didn't really, really butcher something. Yo, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try it. But if you really want to just make your mind melt a little bit, look up a list of towns in Greenland. Yeah. It's all indigenous names, and I have no idea how to say any yes. of them. Yes. Uh, absolutely none of them. Um, so then, after all of that, so you've got fields, you've got weather. After all of that, there's travel. You know what there's not in Greenland? Roads. Roads. Yeah. <laughs> or trains or rivers. Okay. None of those things. There are streets within towns and people have like cars and trucks and yeah. stuff to get around within towns. Uh-huh. Um, but there are no roads that exist between towns. Weird. You don't drive to places outside of your town. So uh, are you just in like little jumper planes? Um, usually you... If you're that has become much more of a, a thing in Greenland to fly from place to place, uh-huh. but for full teams, usually not. You walk? No, you sail. Oh, yeah. You yeah. literally they literally sail along the coast. Yeah, that's so funny. From from town to town because that's the <laughs> only way to get around. Yeah. Um, that takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not the most efficient way of travel no, these days. No. So the Greenlandic Championship is set up as follows. Regional qualifying matches take place. Everybody that enters, enters. I mean, it's basically every single team. It's more It's more akin to like the FA Cup. Yes. Like every single team in Greenland that can be described as a soccer club enters. 
and they play in regional like round robin qualifiers. Top two teams advance. Okay. And then the main tournament, like the the thing that is actually described as the Greenlandic, the Coca-Cola GM, the Greenlandic Men's Football Championship. Yes. Takes place in one spot. They all go to a place. The bubble. And they all, the tournament is completely held within the span of a week. Okay. So this is the one soccer league on earth that occurs in one week's time. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) In 2017, the tournament was held on the new pitch in Disco Island, which is sandwiched between two mountains and the sea, which you can look out upon from the field and see icebergs floating by. Oh my god! It is completely north of the Arctic Circle. That's so cool, though. Yeah, and it, and it, it takes place in different places. Now, uh-huh. uh, for a while, I think it only took place in Nuuk yeah. because it was the only place that really had like a proper field. Yeah, and the infrastructure. For- yeah. And so everybody just always sailed to Nuke, but yeah. now there's actually like there's there's more places that have like fields, so they go different places. Yeah. So now, like I said beforehand, from year to year it depends, but there's a good chance that the league takes place all within the Arctic Circle, which yeah. is the only league in the world that can say that. Dang, that's wild. <laughs> as the favorites in the tournament, as they are usually the favorites, B sixty seven Nuke were bested. By their city rivals, IT79. First of all, I don't know why, all the Greenland clubs are like initials and numbers. Or the name of the town and a number. Gotcha. Not certain why that is. The number is probably the year they were established or something like that? I don't think so, because B67 has been around longer than 1967. Gotcha. Um, Weird. I don't know. But IT79 is the the name I'm going to try to say. Okay. The full name, IT... Stands for Inuit. You know how to say that one. Then the T is... <laughs> okay. Uh, Timur... Timursokatigifiat. Okay. T-I-M-E-R-S-O-Q-A-T-I-G-I-I-F-F-I-A-T. Okay. Yeah, that's not... Not the easiest word to pronounce in the it world. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. No, no. 79. Oh, yeah, 79. <laughs> you can pronounce that. Um, that one's for the fans. <laughs> that one's, were you guys waiting for me to butcher something? That one's for you guys. It's not really a, a romance language, some mm, might say. No. So B67 and IT79 in 2017 met in the final. B67 have the most titles in Greenlandic uh, football championship history. Okay. 13. Uh, quite a bit. They are the biggest and most successful club. Yeah. IT79, they're also based in Nuke, but they only started their club back up in 2014. Okay. So they're city rivals, but like kind of like more upstart kind of things. Definitely. IT79 in that tournament actually won. They managed to beat wow. Nuke uh, B67, which is a massive upset. Yeah. Like really, really big deal. They did that in the final after both teams sailed 18 hours Gosh. just to get to the island that the final was taking place and, on. That the final Disco tournament. Island? Yeah, this is Disco I was, Island. I was wondering how far away it was from everything else. Well, from Nuke, it was 18 hours away. And yeah. Nuke isn't even on like the southern tip yeah. of Greenland. They're, they're in southwest Greenland, but they're not even like as far south as you can go. Gotcha. Um, a bunch of other teams probably had it 
a little bit easier in terms of travel, but the Nuke teams uh, had to travel 18 hours. Do you know why Nuke is the biggest city in Greenland? Is it just like the first place that people settled there? I think it was, well, I think it was just a, a place that became, it's a place that became the capital uh-huh. at some point. And as the, as the capital, I don't know if the capital came first or the people came first, but it's just kind of the place where most commerce started launching out of gotcha. probably. And that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. Um, but as that all was happening, you could feel how far the game had come in the country, which now boasts a dozen artificial turf fields, which they set out in like 2011 or 2012 to get six in the country by 2020. Uh-huh. And by 2017, they already had 12. That's crazy. Which is which is, which is is great yeah. and kind of nuts. Um. An amateur national team, which they have, uh, they play friendlies because they're not an official national team. Yes. Um, they are seeking recognition by FIFA, FIFA and yeah. UEFA, trying to compete in uh, Euro competitions, in Euro European wow. com- competitions. Even though why aren't, Green- why aren't they trying to get into Concacaf? Right. Oh well, yeah, that that is the other thing. Greenland is traditionally and like geographically considered part of North America, but because they are a part of Denmark and they have been a part of Denmark for so long. Um, they are culturally much more European, gotcha. like much more Scandinavian yeah. than they are North American. Yeah. That makes sense. So they play, they play people like the Faroe Islands. Yeah. 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 Gibraltar. Yeah. That sort of thing. Definitely. That's the, that's the type of teams that, that Greenland is playing, but they are, they're still lobbying to be recognized by FIFA. I don't know if it's going to happen. It's like Curacao. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't know if it's going to happen because I think that Denmark will actually need to give them their like legit independence for it to happen or for them to just go f- go completely like rogue and say like we are not a part of Denmark anymore. We declare our independence. We, oh man, that'd be crazy. But but they are going for it. They yeah. they're trying. Like, that's, that is ultimately what they want. This is what happens when there is no reason the game should work where you are, and yet you find a way. Yeah. Living in the Arctic is hard, and playing soccer in the Arctic is even harder. <laughs> yeah. Even, even more difficult. Definitely. But for Greenland, it's just the way things are, and I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, some sources for the story about the Greenlandic Men's Championship. Chris Scott for CNN and Steve Minari for Bleacher Report. Awesome. Thank you for the story about Greenland. Uh, maybe the most Christmassy place in the world. Uh, yeah. Just from a, a cold and wintry perspective. It, just, it feels like a, a little bit like... I, I've been, last couple of years we've really enjoyed the movie Klaus. Yes. Uh, yes. Which I believe we showed to you guys for the first time you did. just a couple you weeks did. ago. Uh, but it the feels, parts that I was awake for were really good. It feels it feels a little like that. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, thank you for talking about Greenland soccer and how the beautiful game knows no bounds. Yeah, dude. And it finds a way to permeate into every culture. Jeff Goldblum voice. Life finds a way. that was good adam we are halfway through we're already halfway done 12 days of dead ball um if you are enjoying this well first of all thank you listeners for 
listening to the story. Adam, thank you for telling the story. If you like Dead Ball, you want more from us, you can support our podcast by giving us a rating and review, preferably five stars, write a haiku or something like that. That'd be awesome. We'll give you a shout out on the pod. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at Dead Ball Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. You can email us at deadballpod at gmail.com. And also, tis the season for gifts. And what better gift to give than a Deadball Brothers t-shirt or sweatshirt um, that you can find at our Teespring store, which is in the link below. The order will get to you probably after Christmas if you're listening to this right now for the first time. And this is the first time you're hearing about the Teespring store. But it'll get to you nonetheless, even if it is a little bit late. Um, I think that's everything. So we'll see you tomorrow yeah. for the next episode. Sounds very, very good. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. Bye bye.